1: Hello. Hello. Hi, Mary.
2: Yesterday, I called up a journalist named Greta Privetera. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> she lives in
1: Milan. So you live in Milan, but your husband's American? Yeah, my husband is from Detroit, Michigan. He's uh, actually like uh, the suburb of Detroit in a city called Norfolk. Lately,
2: Greta and her husband have been spending a lot of time on the phone with his family back in the States trying to explain how COVID-19 has changed their reality. Can you put me on those phone calls with his family? Because you're in Italy, you're under lockdown,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's cra- it, it seems like uh, we have a FaceTime and we talk and they're like, uh, oh, how is uh, being there? Like, oh, it's horrible. And they're talking like it's something that is happening here. So they're like, uh, I'm so sorry for you guys. And. I am very sorry, because I feel like it's going to happen to you, too, probably. Greta's father-in-law,
2: he's still playing hockey three times a week. And last she checked, her mother-in-law was still going to the grocery store.
1: But and I'm, I did the same thing, like, uh, till, like, two weeks ago. I went, that was the last time I went out on my gate, do you feel a little crazy on those phone calls? Like, it can be socially
2: awkward to be the person who's like, listen, pay attention. You have to pay attention to this.
1: I feel like uh, I, some, I, have the, I had the feeling with few people I talked with, of, um, American people, American friends, that at the beginning I felt like I was, um, how do you say, I wasn't like uh, rooting for America. <laughs> like, uh, I felt like it was like a curse. Curse?
2: Like a curse? Like, like... Yeah. A spell. Greta says when she dials up the United States, she feels like the wicked witch in a fairy tale, arriving to curse an innocent baby or a young princess. She knows what's coming. And it isn't good.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I felt like that in a
2: certain way. Deaths from this coronavirus have been surging in Italy, especially up north, where Greta lives. Thousands are in intensive care. The health system is overrun. And Greta, she can see the beginnings of this same kind of strain
1: when she talks to her American friends. I talked to the mother of a friend of mine in Michigan. She works for a hospital in Michigan, and she's a physician, and she doesn't have, she said, we don't have masks, we don't have gloves. So it's the same story everywhere. Sometimes I felt, like, offended a little bit because I'm like, how could you not think that... How, how, how did, did you think you were invincible? Do you think the virus wasn't behaving a different way in America or in other countries? But then I stop and say, that's the same thought I had in China. <laughs> so, so I understand that thought.
2: Today on the show, life under lockdown... I've been living like this for four days. Greta, she's been living this way for four weeks. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick with us. This episode is brought to you by Discover. I'm sitting here in New York, and I feel like you are my future?
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm you in 10 days. Well, or maybe more, two weeks.
2: Greta Privetera learns more about this coronavirus outbreak each day.
1: But it's not abstract learning anymore. Like, uh, a week ago, I knew people that knew people were sick. Now I know people that died. Like, you can hear ambulances all the time now. Oh, uh. Yeah, it's horrible. Like literally, literally, like just like day and night. Yeah, in Bergamo, which is a city near Milan, it's a really nice city actually, but it's very hit by the coronavirus. And um, the ambulances, like you could hear ambulances during night and days, and they stopped the the sound of the ambulances. How do you call it? Sirene? the siren. I don't know. Yeah, the that, siren. You know, the sound that they make. Yeah, exactly. They they stop it because people were freaking out. So they're not using it anymore. They're not using the sirens. No, no. because people... I guess they don't
2: need them because no one's on the streets.
1: And, you know, it's scary because they're, it's your neighbor. It's the the street next to you. It's uh, the place where you used to... I mean, it's the people you know. This This city is very hit by coronavirus. There's, like, too many people that are dying there. So tell me a little bit
2: about how you're living now. You have two little kids. Do you live in an apartment, a house?
1: We are lucky because we live in a really old villa. We have a backyard. So that's very, very good now. This week is the fourth week that we, the kids are home from school. It's four weeks that we are working from home, both of us. And... uh, we, we're we freaking out. <laughs> it's very hard to work and have the young the, the kids that always want something or need something or, want, or they are bored or they're hungry or they fight and you have an article to send or you have uh, my phone call. So it's very intense. So we are dividing our day in... Uh, I work in the morning, my husband try to work in the afternoon and very often late night. Then we try to entertain the kids and we cook a lot. Everything we can cook, we cook. Hmm. And the kids, I feel like I have a two years old daughter and she's fine. Even if today she look at me in my eyes and said, mom, I want to go in the car because she doesn't know how to say, let's get out of the gate. <laughs> like, Like she wants to say something like saying, let's do something that is different. Um, the other my, my my daughter like she's six she's very sensitive and uh, even if I uh, we show her all the videos about coronavirus uh, you know the videos made for kids to explain the situation we talk like uh, if it was like uh, something not like so scary but she can feel the fear we 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 ex- are experiencing two nights ago she woke up and uh, she screamed and she was scared. She said, I dreamt coronavirus. Uh, I dreamt that a kid was holding the coronavirus on his hand and uh, he touched you and you got sick. Oh. And you're like, no, it's okay. But she was crying. and They said, no, it's fine. And sometimes I hear her saying, which is very funny, kind of crazy. <laughs> She's playing with whatever, dolls. Huh? And she says, go away, coronavirus, go away. Huh. And you're like, whoa, cool. <laughs> We're just experiencing trauma here. <laughs> so Oh my gosh. What's what's your procedure for just
2: the basics? Like getting groceries? Can you leave? Like how stringent is the lockdown?
1: Actually, we try to do online shopping. But the problem is that Amazon Prime is having really, really lots of uh, problems. So if you do the, sh- the grocery sh- shopping, let's say today, you're going to get the food maybe in four days if you're lucky. So um, yesterday my husband went grocery shopping and they put gloves on, mask, glasses, and then we clean all the packages because that's another thing they say to do. Uh, You clean all the packages. Yeah, because, you know, the new studies say the coronavirus stay on plastic uh, for hours and hours. So uh, we try to clean a little bit, not clean, like, you know, we we took a, a paper towel and we put alcohol on it and we try to clean it. That's how we deal with life right now. And uh, it's kind of depressing sometimes, very depressing. Like, I I, I would say I receive a call a day of a friend that say I'm very depressed. Huh. It's
2: funny you say that, because I feel like here in the US, there's been that video going around of everyone singing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Because we, I don't know if you've ever been in Italy, but it's really, I would say, an outgoing country. (laughs) And if you live in a big building with balconies, uh, the balcony is the way you talk with people. So there's the people that decided to do this, I would say, flash mobs, where everyone at 6 p.m. they all go out and sing a song or... They, I don't know, dance or try to, there's people that just play instruments, which is cool, which is cool. But for example, in Bergamo, the city I was talking to you before, um, I talked to a girl uh, yesterday that said uh, her father died a few days ago and she told me if I hear somebody... Uh, singing from the balcony I would like go to their house and punch them because if there's a thing I don't want to hear is people singing now so uh, the, she said that in Bergamo nobody's doing this because uh, there's too many people that are dying
2: I want to talk a little bit about what happens when people get sick
1: yeah when people get sick they the ambulance comes and pick you up and take you to the hospital. You know I, I feel like if you go to the hospital now it's uh it's like going to the to hell <laughs> and the problem is that if you end up in intensive care or in sub intensive care you're not, you're not gonna talk to your family anymore probably hmm. they have a um, helmet with oxygen in a, on, a, on their ha- uh, head. And so they're not able to speak on the phone. It sounds like a spacesuit. Yeah, exactly. It looks like that. If you Google it, you can see it. So it's uh, the step before the intensive care. I hear lots of stories of doctors that try to help um, the patient when they are so sad. Like I read a story that there was this old woman, old lady, that she felt like she was dying. So she had a helmet on and she asked a doctor to help her. And she wanted to say goodbye to her uh, granddaughter. And the doctor FaceTimed the granddaughter. And the old lady said goodbye, and after a few hours she died. And that's not like a original story. Like There's too many stories like that. Doctors are the link between the families and the patient. And so if you are lucky enough to have a good one that is very sensitive, then you're going to use FaceTime or Skype or whatever to help you say goodbye or at least to say hi to your parent to your family so you're saying
2: like the good outcome is the doctor brings you a phone to facetime
1: with your family if you're lucky enough yeah and then you die alone you die very alone that's another thing like the solitude of this this virus creates a lot of solitude creates solid in our families uh, create solitude in the patient uh, and doctors too, because they're too busy. They they say that we don't even talk to each other. Like we are like in our mask uh, gloves, uh, gone, How do you say it? the the suit that they wear, and we are just working, working, working. We don't and most of them they don't even go back home. They strive because they're scared to be infected and to pass the infection to the family. So this virus has a lot to do with solitude. Maybe we'll learn something from this. You say you've known people who died of coronavirus, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happens then? yeah then there's this another circle of hell and because you die alone and then you stay there, sometimes they take you like you cannot have a funeral now because you cannot have more than two people together, so there's a lot of body in the churches and in the cemetery waiting for the funeral. uh, But I I heard horrible stories about another city, it's Naples, which is in the south of Italy, and the coronavirus is not bad as it is here. And I heard the story of a guy that did a video on Facebook because his sister died from coronavirus, suspected coronavirus, and the funeral home didn't want to pick her up because they were unprepared, they didn't know she had coronavirus, and they didn't have a the right uh, instruments to treat the body. And so they stayed with the body of the sister for hours, for maybe more than a day at home. And they he, he did a video on Facebook and you could see the body of the sister. I didn't watch the video because I didn't want to see that. And um, asking for help. He was saying, we don't know what to do. We're going crazy. Uh, the situation is like that. And so at the end, uh, because of the video, because of the news, uh, there was a funeral home that helped them. Hmm. I feel like part of the reason we wanted to
2: speak to you is because you're like this messenger from the future. And I wonder if you had to call yourself up like back in time before this happened, before you were in lockdown, what would you tell yourself about what's about to happen?
1: Yeah. I would say dear Greta, please stay at home, please give up your little needs like uh, going out for a cappuccino or a coffee in the morning, give up uh, as soon as you can, uh, going out with friends because if you want your life back again as it is now, you, you need to give up now some behaviors and some... You have to, you have to be careful because it's gonna happen like uh, the virus behaves in, in Italy as, as it behaved in China, in uh, France, in other countries. So we have to give up our freedom a little bit, because we one day will be so sad because our fathers of our friends will die because our neighbor will die, and uh, we cannot stop that. The only thing we can do to help the doctors. Well patient is uh, staying home. It's saving life, really. It's like saving life.
2: Greta Privatera, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Uh, thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for sharing our stories. Greta
2: Privatera is a journalist living in Italy. You can follow her on Twitter at Greta Privetera. And that's the show. Keep calling and leaving messages about how you're coping during this really strange time. Are you going to work? Have you lost a job? Are you one of the retired healthcare workers who's been asked to come back and help at your old hospital? Tell me. Give a call at 202-888-2588. You can also tweet at me. I'm at Mary's desk.
1: I asked Greta how she's coping, stuck indoors with a couple of kids, Talking with friends is helping, and also FaceTime is helping, and um, and taking a shower is good, too.
2: I feel so, like, simpatico with you. Like, that's totally, like, uh, sh- my shower is like, I'm like, I have to take a shower now. No one can come in here.
1: Exactly. But do you know, like, for example, uh, Saturday, I took a shower, and I was like, OK, that's my time. No kids, nobody. So comes the first one. And she's already naked. She jumped in the shower with me. I'm like, no, why? That was my shower. <laughs> then she left the door of the shower open, and the dog came inside our shower. He loves he loves water. So we had the dog in the shower. The other one was like, oh, that's a party. And she was already naked too and <laughs> came to her, my shower. So I had the shower with the kids and the dogs. So I was like, this is <laughs> the worst time of the week. It was supposed <laughs> to be my best time. <laughs>
2: This show is produced by Mary Wilson, Mara Silvers, Jason DeLeon, and Danielle Hewitt. This week, we had some extra help from Allison Benedict and Susan Matthews. I'm Mary Harris. I will be back in your feed on Monday. Stay healthy.